Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast at home. Welcome to our sofa. This has been our chance <laughs> to really sit down and spend more time together and connect along with our inspiring guests to really hear what home means to them. Mm-hmm. Obviously we've been obsessed with everything having to do with the home space, but beyond design, we want to know what makes a happy, healthy home. And we dig into everything, nutrition, mental and physical health, family, relationships, mm-hmm. There's so many relationships. topics, relationships, relationships. <laughs> with ourselves and each other and with the planet. There's just so much for us to learn, especially through our guests' life experiences. Mm-hmm. And this is our chance to take you along for the ride. Mm-hmm. This week, we have a pretty awesome guest. We actually saw him on Instagram, Rob Lawless. Mm-hmm. He has this goal to chat with 10,000 people in 10 years. And these are people he has no relationship with. He doesn't know anything about them, complete strangers. They're strangers, strangers, yeah. And he's, so for the past four years, he has been talking to strangers. I think he has, he talks to four people a day. Yeah. Um, You know, just for the sake of making human connection and making conversation and just learning from strangers. What I love is that he doesn't prep at all. So he doesn't know if these are people that have similar views to him. He, he talks to people from all different walks of life, all different ages, all over the world. That'll be pretty eye-opening. I mean, that would be that would blow my mind to have those conversations. I think we need to do more of that. I think we it's nice that we can surround ourselves with obviously people who have similar interests and viewpoints, but equally important is spending time and learning from people with different perspectives. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's okay to disagree. It's okay to, you know, believe in different gods or whatever, whatever. it might be. Whether it is you guys have different political views. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I think it's so important for us to open up our minds a little bit to hear other sides of stories, and then we can start to grow ourselves from there. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is our chance. I mean, at home, our podcast has been our chance to learn from you guys and bring stories to you and guests to you that you want to hear. So make sure to hit us up on social media. We're at at home. Let us know who you want to hear us talk to. Let us know what kind of questions you want us to, to ask. Let us know what sort of topics you want us to dig into. Mm-hmm. Can they text you? You guys can text me as well. You can text me directly. That's how much I love you guys. (laughs) 310-496-8667 is my cell phone. So text me and let me know what you think of our podcast. And please do spread the word. It's important for us to continue to bring you guys new episodes with new amazing guests. But we need you to spread the word. Mm -hmm. And share it with friends if you want. And if you're watching this video, why am I so shiny? Linda's, yes. I'm so shiny. I didn't, pow- I powdered me, but I didn't powder Linda. Well, without any further ado, we're going to take this shiny personality of Linda's <laughs> and we're going to hop right in with Rob Lawless. You guys are going to love his story. Okay, if ADT wasn't professional enough, now ADT installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. I mean, what are they going to do next? They're, they're going to start a country singing career. I would listen to a country band named ADT. Also, I like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with my Google Nest doorbell. Just saying. Your Google Nest doorbell? I said our. He said my. Everybody check that. Yeah. All right. Well, I like to control my ADT smart devices like my lights, my locks. (laughs) My security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. And I like to say, hey, Google, to get started. Listen, I said ours. I'm all about ours, not mine. (laughs) 
Help protect what matters most with all this, plus 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. I can feel the love Bouncing off these walls Shining through the windows Reflecting like a rainbow That's where we belong Yeah, it feels like home It feels like home Yeah, it feels like home Well, thanks for taking the time to chat with us. We know you're Super busy trying to chat with everyone in the world. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. Like honestly, what, what, what's your number right now? How many people have you had conversations with? I have met 3,724 people at this point, I believe. So, and that's over, so November 11th will be five years since I started the project. Cool. Uh-huh. So for people who don't know Rob Lawless, he has set out on a mission to talk to 10,000 people in yes. how many years? Uh, so it's funny because when I, if you look at my initial emails, I say, I'm trying to do this in aggressively four years and it's now almost five and I'm 3,700 people into it, but I don't really have a timeline for it. It's more so just the goal is to spend one hour one-on-one with 10,000 different people. And I always say to see what comes of opening doors for no particular reason and to learn about their lives and it's turned into this thing of like giving uh, people a voice on my Instagram page, a platform to share their stories. So, but if yeah. you guys haven't been uh, on Rob's Instagram, so it's at Rob's 10K Friends. So, you have to check it out, follow Rob as well, and you'll see a bunch of his stories. Let's back up a little bit. I actually want to dig into young you as a kid yeah. growing up. What was your dynamic? Um, you have one sibling? Two, two siblings. Two, right? two, two yeah. siblings. Yeah, so, so what, was your, what was your dynamic when you were young? I'm the youngest of three, so I'm currently 29. My brother is 31. My sister is 35. Uh, grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia in a loving family. Very lucky, like, and this is actually my childhood bedroom. So, oh, yeah. oh cool! Yeah, I'm, I'm bringing you into the full experience. But I've always loved people, so this mission for me is kind of playing to my strengths. Um, in high school, I went to like a small Catholic school of like 500 people. And then for college, I went to Penn State University. And one of the reasons that I chose that school is because it's 40,000 people. And so I was part of the Penn State Dance Marathon, which is a year-long fundraiser uh, for, it benefits like the fight against pediatric cancer. Mm. So that was a big part of my Penn State experience. I joined a fraternity. I did Habitat for Humanity trips. So I have my building experience as well. Hey, we're all about Habitat. That's great. That's amazing. and after graduating in 2013, I jumped into consulting for Deloitte. Um, okay. And it just felt like in the real world, you could only meet people through, um, like with an agenda, whether it was dating or whether it was business, but no one had time to just meet. And so this project became my way of like going mm-hmm. around that. I love talking to random strangers myself. Like I really do. I love digging into story and learning about people. And you hear a lot of, um, people who have had conflict in their lives or they've had some rough times in their lives. And do you feel that hearing some of these other stories that were a complete different way that other people grew up, do you think that's one of the things that keeps you doing this is to sort of continue to broaden your um, experience of how people have lived? Oh, for sure. So it's funny because I, I try to meet four new people every day. So that's the way that I progress towards this goal is like I'm very structured about it. But one of the nice things is that within that routine, it's very spontaneous. So 
I can learn everything from a new musical artist that I might listen to in the next couple of weeks mm. to a new perspective on life. And both of them will just come through this conversation. And then the other thing is I never know when that person's going to pop back up into my life mm. or what mm. that conversation might lead to, whether it's now or 10 years from now. I mean, I to really see how this project is going to play out, it's going to mm. require like time to see where these connections go and what comes of it. Mm-hmm. Mm. And what is your big goal other than, you know, the number of talking to 10,000 or more yeah. people? What is your big dream for, for this project? It's more the journey than the destination. So I always say when I'm like 90 years old, I want to look back and be like, that was a badass way to go through my 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I've seen the project grow and the impact of sharing people's stories uh, and seeing other people take this mission and create their own versions of it, that is something that I really want to further. Like I want to continue to encourage people to go out and meet people who are different from them or just meet people yeah. for the sake of meeting to see what it can turn into. Mm-hmm. And I also want to enable that myself. So one of my long-term goals is to teach a first-year university course uh, where students are connecting one-on-one and learning from each other's backgrounds as opposed to a textbook or a PowerPoint. Because the way that I, like, I think that the ability to talk to people one-on-one is something that in society, we just assume that people are going to pick up along the way. But it's not like I've talked to so many people who struggle with one-on-one conversation or they're very socially anxious. And I think in a university setting where we're preparing people for adulthood, there should be a course that allows them to pick up those skills because it applies to interviews, dating, client relationships, friendships. And beyond that, one of the greatest things that I took away from my time at Penn State is the relationships that I have with my friends there. So from an overall like human being fulfillment standpoint, I think encouraging the creation of relationships in a university setting is something that's really valuable. I mean, I, I know people, you know, we're in the entertainment industry and I know huge, huge actors, people that are used to, you know, people see them on on film and TV, but they can't, they're, they even admit that they're very awkward in just one-on-one conversations. Mm. They don't know how to hold a conversation because usually they're scripted and they're on on TV or film. Mm. So for you with, with your adventures that you've had, did it start out as something you were doing just in Philadelphia and then it became US and then it became global? It kind of took that path, but the intention was for it always to be a global project. It uh, So I started it in November of 2015. At that point, I had left Deloitte Consulting, and I had gone to a tech startup in Philadelphia. And then eight months after I started this project, the company that I worked for was bought out. So I decided to jump into this full-time. So since July of 2016, I have been full-time meeting people every day for four Hold years. Hold on. Wait, I got to stop you there. So... How do you survive? What I mean, what what's your revenue stream for yourself? I mean, how are you able to make this passion something that can actually um, keep you moving towards your own personal goal? You were telling us how you just want to have a nice little house, a simple house, a wife and kids, and enjoy a, a life and that family dynamic. But you still have to make a living. Right. In the past, it was, I did a partnership with Penn Medicine here in the Philadelphia area where I met six of their surgeons and shared their stories on my mm. platform, which was really cool, cool because mm-hmm. their stories are crazy. Like these people do like 12, 15 years of education just to be able to save people. So yeah. that yeah. was very fulfilling. And then I did a partnership with WeWork, the co-working space for from June until March, where 
I was meeting people every Wednesday at their locations. So their values of community and entrepreneurship kind of line up with my community and entrepreneurship mm. values. So they were essentially paying me to show off their spaces and expose my audience to their brand. Yeah. Uh, but on the flip side of that is cutting expenses. So that's kind of where like support from friends and family comes in. I've been very lucky. And again, it goes back to the value of relationships at Penn State. Like my roommate from senior year invited me to crash with him in Los Angeles for a summer. He was like, I have an extra bedroom. It's on the beach in Long Beach. If you want to meet people on the West Coast, go ahead, come out. Nice. So I stayed with him. Really for rough. I mean, I know. Yeah. living on the beach. But we, we were just happy to be roommates again. Yeah. And it was such a good time. So I then went back to Philly. And then I went back to LA two more times to stay with him. And he never charged me a dime in rent to stay with him. Uh, you know what? I got to say, I bet you, you inspire a lot of people in your life, whether they're already friends that you have or new friends you've made along the way that are willing to back you in any way they possibly can. And I, I think because you probably bring out an excitement in people with what you do, just this exploring of other people's lives and what they do and how, they, how they've how they lived. I, I think that that's pretty cool. And like you're saying, speaking engagements, I, I bet I can call a few people right now that would love to have you do come it. and talk to them, whether it's yeah. schools or, yeah. And I know too, we, we talked before as well, my mm-hmm. production company, we're talking to some of our network partners that we think would really love your story um, right. as well. But continuing just to, to sort of spread the word to grow this excitement about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I think at, at the heart of it, the concept is so simple. And through example, you are showing you know what beauty can come out of a simple conversation. And I think especially now, the world needs more of that. You know, just straight up conversation and and like pure time given to listen no to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and and your hope to teach a university class one day where students can just learn from each other. Like, again, you would think that that exists already, but I, I think that, you know, is so needed, um, not just at university level, but like in everyday life. Yeah, it was yeah. just with, for everybody. What, what have you found now that you are global? You said you've been meeting people via, I'm, I'm assuming Zoom calls and whatnot. Um, how do you find the conversations are different for people who live in North America as opposed to people who live outside of North America? It's, it's funny because I don't think there is much of a difference, which I think is really cool. Mm. I think I was talking to a guy in Bangladesh and we were talking about music. And he was like, yeah, Bill, no, it was India. And he's like, Billie Eilish is one of my favorite musicians. <laughs> and it's just, the, um, everyone is working towards the same goals where they just want to see their friends Everyone's in quarantine. Everyone wants to make progress in their life. But yeah, on a whole, it's been very similar. But then I will say having international conversations is really interesting because you start to learn about different news. Like I was talking with a girl from Belarus about the elections that they've had. And since April or since August 9th, there have been like protests every day in Belarus um, because of the leader who has been in power for like the past 26 years or something and not something I ever would have been aware of had I not had that conversation with her. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you start to learn about other people's cultures uh, and beyond that for the project, it's really interesting because I do plan to travel someday. And now I have these friends in different locations. And oftentimes when I'm ending these calls, they're like, when you get here, let me Mm -hmm. know, I'll show you around. You can stay with me, meet my friends. So 
there's a, an openness between cultures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do you know much about your um, guests before you chat with them or you go into it pretty blind other than knowing where they live and their name? Pretty blind. I, yeah, that's so yeah, cool. But that's mm-hmm. part of the fun for me. It's like unwrapping a gift, if you will. Do you have many people that you approach that decline um, having that one hour conversation? I first was reaching out to people in the Philadelphia area and some people said no, but coming from a sales background, a surprising amount of people said yes. And I think the <laughs> reason they did is because there was no agenda. It was just like, hey, I want to do this thing uh, and you'll be part of it. Um, but after, like, after I met 65 people, a publication in Philly did an article on me. And ever since that point, the project has kind of grown in a way where everyone has reached out to me. Are you familiar with Yes Theory? For example, back in 2018, they posted an Instagram story about me on their account. And that day, 4,000 people started following my project and I got 400 messages from people all over the world. So that will happen from time to time where just one person shares it, whether it's Yes Theory or the Kelly Clarkson show or just someone that I met within their Mm -hmm. friend group. And then people think it's an interesting concept. And it, I always say it's like all the cool kids are doing it. And so they're like, oh, my <laughs> friends met him. I want to see what it's all about. That's, That's the cool. positive side of social media. <laughs> yes. Yeah. ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. Help protect what matters most with 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. You said that very professionally. I try. (laughs) Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help you make your home smarter and safer. How many dates have come out of, like, you've met somebody and you're like, you know what, we really connected. Are you willing to meet again for another hour? And this time it'll be romantic music and, you know, I don't know, Drinks. hot chocolate yeah. over a fire? <laughs> uh, a few times. Nothing that's, that's ever, like, turned into a relationship. But I have met up with a few girls after the fact. Uh, I'm always very passive about it because I think with the project, there's a fine line. Like, I could never do it and then hit a girl up afterwards and be like, Hey, that was cool. Like let's find a time to chat on a date. Like I, I just think I can't be the one to mix business and pleasure. But if a girl is interested and I'm also interested and she reaches back out to me, I will follow up on that opportunity. Um, And people say all the time, they're like, you're going to meet your wife through this project. (laughs) And I'm like, it makes for a great story. If it happens, it happens. Well, honestly, I think that's true. I mean, a lot of people say, you know, work and, and relationships shouldn't um, mesh. You should keep your personal life personal, but look at all of us, you know, we all spend the majority, a good chunk of our life at work. And so whatever you do for work, you're probably going to meet somebody that could be a good match for you. What do your parents think about what you've been doing for the last four years? I think they became worried when I took it full time. So I think it's been a journey for them as well. Um, I think one of the hard things from my perspective, it's it's hard to communicate your ambition with someone, especially when it's a gut feeling like at, at that stage, you can't always put it into logical terms. And so for mm-hmm. me, I've just been following something that I'm passionate about. But it's just been a journey. I think it 
they worry and they have my best interest at heart. Of course. And I understand that too. I'm like, if my son came to me and I was of a generation that wasn't even familiar really with Instagram and the way that those things work, I would be like, what are you doing with your life? It's nice that they have the support, but they want the best for you. But it's, it's really cool. You're doing something that is inspiring other people, but it's a passion project. And what's really cool is that you, you've taken that plunge you let go of your, your safety net, the other job that you yeah, had at Deloitte. N- not just living up to their standard, standards of success. Yeah, I'm sure you get into many conversations where you talk to somebody that has a very differing opinion from you, whether it's political or religious views or whatever it might be. Um, uh, have, you, have you found that these conversations, you've been able to dig in pretty deep if you do come across some sort of a conflict like that? that you're able to sort of open up and hear their side or, or they hear your side? Or does it even feel like a conflict if you're, you know, there to this learn and listen? Yeah, I say like I am a consumer of opinions rather than a provider of them. So if someone has an opinion that's different than mine, it's it doesn't become a battle of opinions back and forth. It becomes a situation of me trying to understand why they have that opinion. And mm-hmm. it's almost like a game. It's like, okay, People, I say all the time, are the culmination of experiences that they've been through in life. So I want to know what experiences this person has been through that makes them have that opinion. Like, is it where they grew up? Is it something that happened to them in their life? So it's further understanding that. And if you look at my page and read the stories, you'll kind of see that it's oftentimes facts about people's lives more so than Mm. they feel this way towards this subject or they believe this. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just facts and I find that it's better to understand people that way in terms of their experiences than what they believe. So that's what mm. I shoot to get to know. That's, that's such um, a wholesome way at approaching a person and the fact that it's on social media where it's such a volatile place where we can fight we can fight each other um, about our beliefs, you know, mm-hmm. forever. But if we just come at it where we're just learning about one another. I, like, I feel like yeah. you have so much to teach the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, we spoke a tad a bit earlier about um, like anxiety. Yeah. Uh, we, we were talk- I was talking about how I was a little nervous just hopping on a call or a Zoom because we haven't done an interview in a while mm-hmm. and we've been isolated. So you know, I'm used to talking to myself or Drew or <laughs> family <laughs> and friends. Um, and you said you were feeling the same way. Do you ever feel that way Normally, I mean, the state of the world right now, I think, adds to the anxiety. I I have felt that way in the past, and I've felt it more so recently, and I think it has been because of the state of the world. I think doing, for my personal experience, like doing this type of project, it takes a lot of self-confidence to be like, okay, this is going to work. And so for me, I go through cycles of confidence and doubt all the time. And I found with the pandemic, I've like gone into longer cycles of doubt. But the good thing of, like, about me is I'm a very logical person too. So I've, I've learned to remove my emotions from those cycles and just be like, if I meet four people every day, it doesn't matter how I feel about the project, it's going to progress. Mm. Um, but I have been feeling more anxious recently. And I think it is because it's hard to see that like... Um, I I don't know, like the plans or when we'll be able to have plans Mm -hmm. with our friends again or when, like when I was approaching this year, I was like, I'm going to go to Toastmasters. I'm going to start speaking. I'm going to learn the art of it. I'm going to become very like charismatic and be able to connect this message with people. 
and now it's, it's like taken away. Um, so yeah, I've, I felt that sometimes in the past, but more so recently. Um, but it wasn't until I started this project that I realized that it was something that so many other people felt as well. And I think being able, that's why I told you guys up front, I think being able to have a conversation about it relieves the pressure a mm -hmm. bit because I think a lot of what drives it for me, especially is like that feeling of not feeling authentic. Like you're almost mm -hmm. hiding it. Like, Oh, I have to be like, I don't want to appear nervous. I have to be good and like in tip top shape. Mm -hmm. But when you are able to talk about it, it like takes the pressure off. And I also think it, it is, you know, so generous of you to share that you were anxious because mm -hmm. your full-time job is talking to people. So if someone hears that and, you know, realizes that even Rob feels anxious and yeah. speaking to people like it's It'll okay if I do as well, yeah. you know? So with all, I know everyone that you speak to, typically it's everyday people. It's not, you're not, you're not out there searching for celebrities to talk to and whatnot because, and that's what I really love. You're, you're hearing real stories from real people from all walks of life all over the world. But if you had, and this could be anybody out there, if you had the opportunity to sit down and chat with a few people that you really look up to, who would those conversations be with? I think um, just off the top of my head, like, so John Bellion is a musical artist. Are you familiar with him? No. Mm -hmm. He had a song called, All, I like that about him that he's like, known but he's not like super known so he had a, a song called all time low that was on the radio how does it go um because i'm at an all time low low, low 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 you know that one possibly okay uh, i mean maybe if he were to sing it, it would be yeah better, i was gonna say that was the, you did like the marge simpson of singing it uh if that you know that reference <laughs> uh, but anyway uh, yeah but I just think he's a musical genius. So he wrote the song Monster for Eminem and Rihanna. Mm. He wrote the song Trumpets for Jason Derulo. So cool. He he's like successful in that, right? I am just curious about his creative process because I think he's a mu musical genius. And then I also have looked up to Scooter Braun and the way that he balances business and family. Like I've heard him speak on a few podcasts and the things that I've heard him say that have impressed me is like, the importance of his parents and the upbringing that he had or the importance of his wife playing a role in helping raise their kids and how lucky he is to have her or that when he's with his kids, like when he schedules time with his kids, business calls don't interrupt that because if he were in a business meeting, he wouldn't let his kids go in and interrupt it. Mm. And I think those are important things to live by. And that's kind of the type of person that I shoot to be. Like I want to have the, the business thing and I want to grow the project but at the end of the day, it's really to spend time with the people that I care about. But I appreciate seeing that balance from someone who is like at the top of their or their industry mm -hmm. or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that's good, good values to pass down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what do you think your experience can teach the world right now? It is like I think sometimes people overthink what connecting with a person is like they think it has to be this this like big thing but to t talk with someone and exchange knowledge for an hour like I said you might walk away with a new musical artist or you might walk away with a new perspective on life and you never know what's going to come of that experience uh so I think that you just when you go into conversations with respect and you treat human connection as an experience rather than a transaction it's going to be valuable every time and I have been fortunate, like I 
there was a guy who was inspired by my project to go and meet people from around the world. And he recently, he completed a hundred meetups uh, through Zoom. And I, he met like sometimes two or three people in each meetup. So he mm. met like a bunch of people from 54 different countries. And like, I'm so, I'm like a proud dad seeing him do his project. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, oh, someone else just took it and ran with it and had equally as great an experience. And you start to see all the people that talked with him commenting on it, how great of an experience it was for them. Why do you think more people aren't doing this? People talk about the importance of networking all the time. And I think a good thing for people to realize is often that person that we think is going to be the person to get us to where we need to go is not that person. It could be the person right next to us that we're overlooking. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that with my project, like from genuinely meeting people. I met a photographer in Philly three years ago and he reposted my photo to his page and his friend from high school started following my project and they're both in their thirties. So this is like a friend from a while ago and she met me when I lived in Hoboken. So I was there from August until May and she just like, cause I was in the area said, Hey, I've been following you. I want to meet you. And she had contacts in the media and without even telling me, she just told them about my project. So I got a message from ABC and they did a national piece on my project. And I got a call from the New York Post. And I got, because of ABC, that reporter, his college roommate was a producer for Now This. And then they contacted me. Uh And it was like, I literally just met a photographer in Philly three years Mm -hmm. ago for my project. And three years later, that turned out into all this wonderful press just because we met. Um, Mm -hmm. So I like how you're saying that you felt like a father with the person you inspired who had the, the hundred or more conversations with people uh, in their community. The father of human connection. Yeah. Yes. I, well, I think it's if people see success through these types of paths, they want to recreate that success for themselves in a way. And so that is another thing that motivates me to continue down this path because it's it's happened with him. I had just another weird situation. Like a kid from Germany messaged me two years ago, I think. And he was like, hey, Rob, I follow your project. I set a goal to meet 30 people in 30 weeks and a local newspaper did an article on it. And I was like, oh, sweet. Where are you from? I will give you a shout out on my Instagram. And if anyone's from your area, they can hit you up. And so he's from some small town in the north of Germany. And I put it out. And then that night, I got a picture of him with this kid who was following my project, who saw it, who DM'd him to meet, who lived two houses down from him. No way. Because he was a new neighbor and they had just never met. And so that to me is so much more fulfilling than the the paycheck that I used to collect on a bi-weekly basis. Obviously money is important to an extent, but I feel a lot of fulfillment in those Mm -hmm. times when it's, I mean, you too have probably seen it too. Like, as you grow in what you're doing, you start to believe that more is possible. And when you see someone from somewhere on the other side of the world, taking note of what you're doing and being inspired by it, you're like, Oh, okay, I can do this. And it it makes you want to do more of that inspiration. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And definitely you've, you are redefining um, the meaning of success. You know, as you're saying, it's not defined by your paycheck, but with, you know, our lives are defined by our relationships. Mm -hmm. And actually, I do want to point out to anybody who's watching or listening uh, right now, too, that 
you do have a uh, you launched on Patreon, and so people can help support, which. I think it's really cool that you're trying to stick to your goal, uh, 10,000 people in 10 years. You're getting so close to halfway, um, but that is a great way that they can support just a few bucks here and there. It helps you focus in on, you know, it takes time to edit and have these conversations and and set up meetings with people. And especially when you get back to traveling to meet people too. Um, But I want to set you up with a few leaders around the world that could really use your mindset where you can just sort of open up and have these unagendaed conversations with other people. Oh, what about talking to kids? Have you, yeah. So you said you spoke to one, uh, you said it was a, a five or six year old with Down syndrome that you spoke A five year old with Down syndrome. Yes. yes. So he, he was um, nonverbal. We didn't speak, but um, it was more so like me playing with him and having that experience and his mom talking about what they were doing in terms of advocacy. Um, but just another like, for the background of that, he was the thousandth person of my project. Mm. And a lot of times when I get to these milestones, people are like, oh, you have to have like the mayor or an athlete. And I like kind of flipping that script and shedding the light on someone who could use it. And so I was talking to a filmmaker um, in Philly about my project. We were thinking about doing some things together at the time. And that thousand was coming up and he said the same thing. And I was like, it'd be really cool to meet someone with Down syndrome because I haven't done that yet. Uh, but I don't know how I would go about doing that. And literally like three days later, I get an email and the headline is introducing our son Porter. And the first line is our son Porter is a five-year-old with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, all right. He's the thousandth person. And so, uh-huh. uh, yeah, that he was um, like the only kid that I've met through the project so far. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It ranges from him up to people who are 98 years old when I met oh, wow. them. Yeah. Wow, wow, that's that's a big range of people and different life experiences. Well, we do know that your your huge milestone was three thousand seven hundred and twenty-five. Because that yeah. would be us, right? Are we? Wait, do we count? This Wait, is I, a one-hour conversation. I know. <laughs> we'll have to split. We'll have to chat again too, because <laughs> people say that too. But uh, when I think about it, like. So what would I write about Drew and Linda? Like what knowledge have I, I've been sharing all about myself to you. So there's still so much that I have to learn about you. And so I want to walk away feeling like I know you, like I could see you on the street and be like, oh, what's up, Linda? What's up, Drew? How's life? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So actually that's one last thing I want to ask you. And and I so appreciate your time uh, to, to sit here. You realize once we get off of this conversation with you, Linda and I are going to spend the next three hours figuring out, okay, why don't we, who are the next hundred people we can chat to or, or where can we go to meet people that we don't know? That's what our whole evening is going to be filled with that. <laughs> um, I want to find out though, you're so used to, you're used to initiating conversation, but asking open-ended questions. What's one last thing that you can share with us about you that you've never told anyone before? I don't know that I've never told anyone, but uh, a thing that most people don't know about me is I can do a standing back tuck. So when I was a student at Penn State, we were waiting to go into one of the football games and there were some club cheerleaders there and they taught my roommate and I how to do these standing back tucks. So that is like a party trick that we've brought out sometimes. No okay, big you, deal. You, no you big realize deal. you need to back up from the camera as oh, long gosh. as you can safely <laughs> do it. You have to show us. 
Wait, I, are you serious? Oh, I can't. I can't. I, you need some space. I'm tall. I'm, I'm okay. Tall. This is what we'll do. You need to um, record that and okay. send us the clip. And then when we're posting this episode of the podcast, we're going to put that on our social media. And then we'll try it as well. Oh, I'll hurt we, myself. We will deal. not. We will I not. I want to see I my will. clip and then each of your clips in the album next to it. I, It'll yeah, be very I will sad. need rigs and wires. And <laughs> She'll use me. <laughs> yeah, will just I'll, I'll just dress lift all in black. Turn. So that you're completely yeah. hidden. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for for taking the time to chat, for inspiring people out there to to create conversations with strangers. You're still a long way from your ultimate goal of ten thousand people, but I think you've accomplished so much. So kudos to you for that. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, and thank you for having me. I think an important part of this journey is it's inspiring to me when people pay attention to the project, and so. So, you know, it's very exciting to get a message of you taking interest in the project and for you to invite me to be a guest on the podcast. I'm very humbled by that. And I want you to know that that goes a long way in me pushing this forward. So thank you for that. Yeah, we've been following along for a while and we look forward to Mm -hmm. continuing to see who you chat with and and how it grows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you very much. I am inspired. I actually, I want to try and think of 20 random people that we know in our lives that we could actually put in touch with Rob so he can have those conversations, but people we know from all over the world. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say you want to talk to 20 random people in our lives. Well, I, I'd like to do that as well, but I actually thought after that conversation, you were going to say, hey, let's also talk to 10,000 people, but let's do it in one year. I would never say that. That's something you would say. <laughs> I would never set a ridiculous goal like that. I mean, he's, it's still 10 years, 10,000 people. That's a lot it's of new conversations and one hour conversations mm-hmm. with him. But. I, I think it's so cool what he's doing. And I think we have so much to learn from him in terms of just the importance of having genuine conversation where you take time. I think we overlook that, mm-hmm. you know, in our lives. Like, I feel bad. Now when I think about cutting conversations short with with friends and family. We need to have a conversation about conversations. All right, let's have this conversation. Have you noticed (laughs) that, and this happens to me all the time, I'll dig in with a work conversation, something that's all about work, and I'm fully vested and I spend a lot of time digging in and long conversations. But then whenever you go to a conversation that's maybe personal life or family or relationships, all of a sudden those conversations become really short, just kind of surface to the point and then you move on. Like you're saying with you? I, I, it or? happens with me, but I see this happen all the time with, with friends and family. People, I think we forget hmm. where we should focus our efforts in conversations. Yeah. You don't do that. That's what I was going to say. Like you should only speak for yourself. No. Because you. I agree. <laughs> I agree. No, I see, I see this with my friends and family too. And I'm probably the worst no, culprit right. for this. Yeah. You're right. Like, I, I don't think you're that bad. Like you, I see that you do put effort and energy and time into conversations about business the same way you do with family and friends about, you know, personal things. Yeah. Uh, and that is one thing on, I'm not just saying this cause we're talking about it now. Like that is one thing I really, really love about you is that you do take the time to talk to anyone. Mm regardless of their 
position or role or whatever. Like you never consider like, hmm, what's this person going to do for me? And I, I really appreciate that. And I think other people appreciate it as well. Like you, your words matter. And mm. they always remember that, you know, when someone takes the time to speak to them, it's yeah, well, something I mean, that for me, you know, we have a lot of employees with our, with our companies I mean, we have hundreds and it's so important for me to know people's names, what they do, try to know about, you know, them, their family, um, just what's important to them because then it's, you can connect with them. And, uh, you know, it's so easy with so many people around us with different aspects of what we do to just sort of skim along and not take the time to really understand, you know, who they are. Mm -hmm. And so I've always made that uh, important in my life. But mm -hmm. I mean, the one thing I was referring to, was just like, you know, during the day, like if I have, you know, one of our friends wanted to hop on a call or, or texted me, I, I, sometimes I just get really, hey, hey, uh, I'll, I'll get back to you later. And I just well, sort of Well, then they're done for it. messaging you in the middle of the day. No, I'm kidding. Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but um, I, even if I am doing a good job, I want to do a better job. Mm -hmm. I want to actually take time where my phone goes down. You can admit I'm the worst for this. I will always be doing multitasking. I'll be on the phone while somebody's trying to talk to me and I'll be texting while I'm talking. So I'm never fully present well, I mean, not never, but a lot of times I'm not fully present in a conversation. That is probably my wow, worst thing. Wow, you sound thing. like an ass. <laughs> well, hey, sometimes I no, can sometimes be distracted. Sometimes you do ass. do that um, because after filming, like you're still working. But I think like you've gotten so much better mm. um, and you're just more aware of it. Like you will, you know, rush to finish it up and then put it away. Um, what about you and me though? I mean, that's that's the one thing I think, you know, we've been together... What is it? Eleven years now? You don't even know. No, I'm looking at the camera because I know. What is it? And you don't. And I'm doing the math in my brain right now. Oh gosh, so this is gonna take a while. Shut up. When Linda does the math in her brain, it takes a while. <laughs> Wait, what year is it? So we met in two thousand ten. It's, it's been ten years, thank you. It's over ten years. We met in two thousand ten. Yeah, and it's twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. So a little over ten years. But um anyway. We, uh, we've, we've been together for so long. I think it's easy in a relationship to get into a routine where you don't actually have a lot of good conversation. And so we've actually but, been Sorry to interrupt to, you. Sorry. Very important. Mm -hmm. What am I thinking right now? See, we've like gone beyond conversation. You want What food. am I thinking? 99% <laughs> of the time, if I just answer with you want food... I will be right. You will score brownie points. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, Linda is very hungry because I can hear her stomach growling too. Um, but yeah, that's what I, I mean with us. Even we, we get into these work modes or we're traveling for work or whatever it might be. And we get into this routine where we are together and we love being together, but we're not actually having in-depth conversation. I really love it when I find out something new from you or even when we are on a FaceTime with your family and then they bring up a story from when you were a kid that I've never heard before. That's our, always pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's pretty, it's pretty much my favorite. <laughs> what do you think? Do you think we have enough conversations, in-depth conversations without distractions? Um, without distractions? I will admit without mental distractions, no. Because like I've been so mentally distracted during this time. Um, like... Yeah, I can't, like my brain's in a gazillion places. So that's, you know, something that I'll always work on. But, but what do you need to, you know, COVID's not going anywhere anytime soon. So we're going to have a lot of this social distancing for quite some time. What do you need to be able to release 
that anxiety that you might have so that we can have deeper conversations? Uh, I think for me, I need to set like a wind down period. I can't go from like... Like in the evening? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't go from, you know, work, 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 or like busyness and then all of a sudden like deep conversation. I mean, I could, but like it's not... I'm not like fully, fully there. I thought that she's going to make fun of me because we like all at the end of the night winding down and then I'll throw on like an action movie oh or Westworld or something like that. Or I, And I enjoy it just as much as you do, but then I regret it because I'm like- my, Wide awake. Yeah, I'm wide awake or my heart's racing or I'm thinking about like, are we in a simulation? <laughs> yeah. Oh God, are we Westworld? Or like Cobra Kai, I need to, you know. Yeah, karate. <laughs> So you need more wind down to be able to relax than to get into those deeper conversations. Yeah. What about you? I well, think I find if I use this voice, this could really relax you into that space. Oh, she just fell asleep. Well, thank you so much for joining us on At Home. I mean, Linda and I actually have really been loving our conversations where it's just the two of us digging in. It's a nice dynamic to those amazing conversations that we're having with our guests and learning about their life stories. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll interview each other one of these days. Oh, no, we definitely are. There's no maybe. Okay, if I say maybe, it, it will happen. definitely maybe. So make sure you guys hit us up on social media. We want to hear from you at, at home and let us know what kind of conversations you want us to have, what mm-hmm. guests you want us to bring on the podcast. Any questions you have. You guys can text me as well. I will give you my cell number. Don't share it. No, I'm just joking. You can share it. 310-496-8667. We're trying to give you different ways that you can reach out to us to connect. Mm-hmm. We like to go a little bit deeper with our conversations on our blog as well, at homepodcast.net. Oh, yeah. It's just kind of like a journal follow-up with conversations. Yeah, yeah all of our conversations. Yeah. It's a way to give you some resources as well for some of the topics mm-hmm. that we discuss. Yeah, and more pictures because we all like pictures. We all love pictures. We will see you guys soon next week. Until then, be happy and connect more in those great conversations. Thank you to our podcast producer, Brandon Angelino. And our researcher, Annalie Bell. And our music, Feels Like Home, is by Victoria Shaw and Chad Carlson. I'm still looking at you. Should I be looking at camera? Camera. Camera one. Camera two. Camera Linda. Camera Drew. Uh, That was like a Dr. Seuss book. Uh, And thank you to you for being an amazing person that makes it so easy to connect. Thank you for being Did you just baby talk me? (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys. Yeah, it feels like home.